The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, honor the Declaration of Independence, how we throw away our rights, how we throw away our rights, and how to take them back. The Declaration of Independence says that all persons are created equal and are endowed with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our rights may be inalienable, but we can still lose them. If you kill someone, you lose your liberty and maybe your life. If your pursuit of happiness includes molesting a child, you lose that right. But not only do we lose our rights, we throw them away. We don't speak out of fear. I know that one. We can't think because of our slavish assumptions of social attitudes. And that's what I'm still learning about. We aren't free because of our addictions and egos. Who isn't run by their ego? On this edition of Inside Out, we're going to talk about our inalienable rights, how we keep them and how we lose them. If you want to exercise your freedom of speech, call in live. If you can't, join our post-show forum. See the link on the right of the host page. Let's not squander our rights. Let's confront how we lose them. And let's celebrate this 4th of July by taking them back. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, everybody. Gosh, I'm so excited today. Uh, So many things are going on. I can't wait to get into the show. And I want to tell you first that we are, have just uh, sealed a deal with Voice America that Voice America is going to be sponsoring a special two-hour program on climate change. Let's talk about climate change. For those of you who have not listened uh, to all of our shows, uh, we had a show maybe two weeks ago where we um, interviewed Dr. Grant Dean, who is a climate specialist, and uh, we were talking about climate change and what we could do about it. But mostly we were talking about why don't we want to talk about climate change? You know, we see California in drought. We see the Arctic is melting. We see terrible storms, tornadoes, winters, all that. And yet we're still kind of not talking about it and not talking about what we're going to do about it. So it was a very good and exciting program. And we're going to be putting together a panel. And uh, we're going to be doing something which hopefully is going to be so helpful to everybody and also to planet Earth. So we will keep you posted on that. Also, we have our new website, which I think I already told you about last week, bethgreen.org. Take a look at it. It's really expanded and it's really great. We have a new video up about being real and why it's so hard to do. You can see that on Beth Green TV. Just go to bethgreen.org and you'll see the directions. And don't forget about our post-show forum that you can participate via the Internet or you can call in. Uh, We're doing them live and we're also doing stuff on the Internet. So there are so many exciting developments at Inside Out. And I hope you participate. And all of that, of course, is exercising free speech, which is... One of those things that we take so for granted, uh, the Declaration of Independence talks about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, James has already mentioned that, uh, that even though these rights are part of our personhood 
And by the way, yes, the Declaration of Independence does says, say that all men are created equal, but we're allowed to advance a little bit over the consciousness of that time and say all people are created equal. And maybe some of us feel that our animals have some rights too that they have not been granted. Uh, and I think a lot of people are feeling that way too. But even though these rights are, in the Declaration it says, we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. And that means that they came from God. They didn't come from people. Now, even if you don't believe in God, that doesn't make any difference. It means that we as humans did not give these rights and we as humans cannot take them away. But sometimes we do squander them. We lose them. And uh, as James was introducing the show, if you take someone else's life, you may lose your own. Um, you may lose your liberty because of what you're doing with that liberty. Uh, you can pursue your happiness, but if it involves hurting someone else, it's like if you go to a... Uh, it used to be that if you wanted to smoke, you could smoke and the heck with everybody else. It didn't matter whether someone else was getting cancer from your smoke. Well, that is maybe your pursuit of happiness, but you can't do that if you're uh, hurting someone else. So we always put some kind of limits on our um, inalienable rights. That's part of the social contract of living together and being a community, which we are all celebrating in this 4th of July week. No, no, 4th of July isn't only about watermelon and hot dogs and beer. It, uh, as many of you are very well aware, this is about the celebration of our declaration of independence from oppression and yet, I'm just talking about some of the ways we throw our rights away. If you're a felon, you can't vote. You know? But the other kind of rights that we throw away, that's even crazier. We don't speak up. Now, I have something to say about that. I traveled to the third world and to Europe and around the country uh, in my earlier days, and I went to South America, and I went to a, a country called Chile, where they had just elected someone called Salvador Allende, who was the president, and he was a socialist, very supported by the people of Chile. It was a democratic election. By the way, Salvador Allende was overthrown with the assistance of, unfortunately, our CIA, which did not approve of what the Chilean people had decided they wanted. So I guess they didn't have the right to their choices if it got in the way of what we wanted. So that's a whole other conversation. But what I want to tell you about that is that when I got there, they had only been uh, in power for a few months, and they had come out of a long period of dictatorship. And there was so much excitement. And the Chilean people were... Everybody was talking about politics. You never see that kind of excitement here. I mean, not on that level. I would get on the bus and people were talking about politics and uh, every school child was talking about And people were very serious and debating and what we should do about agrarian reform and how we should handle this. And wow, I mean, that was not only democracy in action, but it was democracy valued. 
they really valued those rights. They had fought long and hard to be able to speak up. They felt like they had their own government. That government was overthrown and replaced by a horrible dictatorship where people were killed for their ideas. People disappeared. It was one of those terrible, bloody times uh, in South American history. And, but at that time, it was very exciting. I went from Chile to Brazil, which was under a military dictatorship at that time. You were afraid to speak. Uh, there were police everywhere. It was scary. I want to tell you, it was scary. <laughs> the contrast couldn't have been more obvious. I thought, oh my God, look at what people are risking for their rights. Some friends of mine were uh, Brazilians, and uh, one of them had been arrested and tortured uh, for um, political activism. And I'm not saying we haven't had stuff like that in this country. We have. Uh, I saw a lot of it myself in the 60s and 70s. I hate to, to, to say that. It's true. But the level of repression was so strong, and I was so aware of the struggle that people make. Our own revolutionary forces, look what they went through to give us these rights, and yet we don't use them. I understand. I'm not trying to give a lecture about, oh, why don't you go out and vote? It's not like that. I'm talking about way more than that. Why don't we give ourselves the freedom to think? Why don't we give ourselves the freedom to speak? Sometimes when we speak up and we say something that is unpopular, somebody isn't going to like us. Let's say we're in a classroom. We're a kid in a classroom and we see some child being bullied and we don't speak because we're afraid that they're going to bully us. Or we're afraid that if we oppose the popular kids, that we're going to be ostracized. These are very real concerns. I'm not denying that people have these kinds of feelings or fears. Or that your parents aren't going to like you. But guys, these are hard-won freedoms. And we need to keep them sacred. And we need to use them. Yes, we might lose population, popularity. Yes, we might even lose a job. We might lose a friend. I've been in situations where people made racist remarks, and I didn't appreciate it, and I said so. And that whole group of people wouldn't talk to me anymore. Well, it's really too bad, isn't it? Having the courage to be yourself and say what you believe is true. Hey, I'm not saying you're going to be right. I'm talking about telling the truth as you see it. I want to tell you a little bit about my history. I'm not just talking off the top of my head. When I was nine years old, they added the words under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. That no, the Pledge of Allegiance didn't always have the words under God. This was 1954. We were in the middle of the McCarthy period, which was a time of great repression. And when I saw that, I said, this is not in alliance with 
the, the um, Constitution, which is about separation of church and state. Now, you may or may not agree with me, but the point is, I believe that to be true. And I stood on principle. And speaking about the principle, the, I was threatened with expulsion from elementary school. I'm not kidding. At that time, teachers were being arrested and putting in jail for saying things that they weren't supposed to say, political things. It was a very heavy time. And it, that wasn't the only thing where I was taking a stand at a very early age and, got, and I actually got punished for it. I got expelled from college uh, in 1961 for taking a stand for nuclear disarmament. So, hey guys, I know that there can be a price to pay. When I was expelled from college, believe me, that was a blow. You know, I was at a very wonderful school. I was, had a scholarship. It was an Ivy League college. I came from a very poor family. Neither of my parents got to go to college. This was their dream. My parents weren't happy with me. <laughs> Nobody was happy with me. The school punished me. Uh, it's a long story. Not, it's not worthy of being repeated here. The point is, punishment can be real. I've had a lot of experiences. I was reported to the FBI when I was 12 years old, and yet for stuff that today you'd laugh, right? People won these rights. It's the same thing with civil rights. You know, people have fought hard for the right in this country to go to the bathroom in the South and the same toilet as a white person. People were lynched for doing very little We've all seen it, and we've seen it on a personal level. We've seen it, some of, some of us have had a, a, a sibling who spoke up against dad, for example, and we saw dad beat that child, and it becomes very real to us. Oh, my God, I can't cross dad because I'm going to be beaten. Or some of us grew up in families where mom was stressed out of her mind, and if you try to do something that she didn't like, She'd bite your head off. Or you may have been in a family of very strict, rigid religious beliefs, and you didn't believe it. And, you know, the, the family brought the local priest in to try to get you back. Or if you had the nerve to be born gay and uh, you didn't want to squelch that, you may have been physically hurt. It happens all the time on the most intimate, personal level. We see people suffering for using their rights, but it is only because of our willingness to suffer for our rights that we even have them. If we stop ourselves from speaking because we're afraid of offending or being unpopular, if we stop ourselves from even having the thought, we don't even know we're squelching ourselves because we're so afraid to even have the thought that's different from our social group. If you're in a gang that doesn't want its members to go to college because it's joining the man or whatever it is, we might not want to go to school. <laughs> We may not even realize how much we have thrown our rights away, our freedom of speech, our freedom of thought. I'd like you, 
during our break, which is coming up in just a couple of minutes, I want you to think about these rights. I want you to think about the rights that you have given up. I want you to think about how you've given them up, why you've given them up, and where are you going to get the courage to get them back. We can't always wait for it to be safe. It's very ironic, isn't it? The uh, Catholic Church burned people at the stake for not believing in Catholicism. And yet, in the early days of the church, it was the Christians who were thrown to the lions. Let's not throw away our rights and let's not be silent when we see people being hurt, intimidated, oppressed, imprisoned, or even killed for exercising them. So think about it. Think about what you do, what you do every day that either claims your rights or squanders them. Hey, Beth, if I may, I'd like to add something there. Yes. To also think about to what extent you uh, go along with conformist pressures, pressures to conform to your social group. And yes. how, uh, how that takes away your freedom because then you're not free to be yourself. Absolutely. It could be just the way you're dressing. Hey, guys, if yeah. you're dressing in uncomfortable clothes because you want to fit in with a group, you're throwing away your rights. Unless you happen to be in a, in a parochial school where you have to dress a certain way <laughs> or in another private school, most of us have rights that we toss because of our lack of courage. And also, one more question to think about, and then we're going to go to break, is how much do we go along with the group suppressing others? So don't go away. Think about that. And stick with us on Inside Out. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. 
To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi, welcome back to Inside Out. Well, it may sound like I'm on a soapbox today, but after all, it is the July 4th uh, celebration and we are declaring our independence. So I haven't got a caller yet, and I'm hoping that we do get some callers because I'd love you to get on and talk about how you throw your rights away. And I guess I am going to be compelled to ask myself that question because I don't have any of you to ask yet. (laughs) So how have I done this? Um, Well... Hmm. How have I done this? Well, as you can see, I haven't done it in the political arena. You know, I've spoken up and I've taken a lot of risks. But I'll tell you how I have done it. Uh, You know, I'm hard-pressed. I think the way that I have taken away my rights is way more internal. For instance, I can't tell you that, okay, I had a boyfriend or a husband that I kowtowed to and I wouldn't speak up because I was afraid of them. Uh, That would not be true. Um, I can't say that in a work situation that I didn't speak up because I was afraid I would lose my job. That isn't true either. But what I can tell you is when my ego has come after me and wants me to do something I have thrown away my life, my liberty, and my pursuit of happiness in order to satisfy my ambition. So that is the way that I have done it the most, is there's been some internal voice in me that has driven me to do something that wasn't for my highest good, and yet I've done it anyway. And I, uh, I, I can own that, and I don't like that about myself. But I'm trying not to do that anymore. That's always a danger, by the way. (laughs) Um, How else might I have given up my rights? Well, I do want to share that when I was younger that I drank um, alcohol. I haven't uh, hidden that fact. And even though I quit, oh, I don't remember, like 34 years ago, um, and I never did drink that much, I want to tell you that as far as I'm concerned, I was throwing away my life, my liberty, and my pursuit of happiness. And I think some of you have done the same thing. You've stuffed certain feelings. I know that I did. There were things that were going on inside me that I did not want to confront. And instead, I numbed myself. And I made myself uncomfortably numb. So I use those means to do it. So uh, that's, I think, pretty much it. Um, I, uh, I think maybe with men, I could say that uh, I put up with stuff that I should not have because I was afraid to lose love. So I have given up my rights to take myself out the door because I was afraid of being left alone and having to handle everything myself. So those are some of the examples from me. 
Well, Madame Mazurka is going to come on because uh, we don't have any callers right now. We're surprised. By the way, there's something, there's something I'd like to share, too. If I oh, may. thank you, James. Sure. Um, one of the ways that I've given up rights is through my escapism. Now, that may sound funny because escapism, you think, well, I'm free in my imagination, free in my mind. You know, escapist activities where I'd avoid the other side of freedom, which is a responsibility, which is stepping up to the plate and taking care of business. <laughs> yes. And so, so my escapist pursuits would, ne- would cause me to neglect things that needed to happen to, for me to be fully engaged in my life. You know, like opening the, the mail that has the bills, uh, kind of delaying <laughs> that, procrastinating, you know, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, not calling people back promptly who have called me, uh, emails that I didn't respond to promptly, such that I would lose out uh, on the opportunities that I would have had otherwise to make sure uh, everything was handled. And the result is, is that things would get, would get worse and worse, and I'd feel less and less free because it would be more and more besieged by the consequences of my uh, lack of responsibility. That is fabulous, James. I'm so glad that you spoke up. And I'd like to reinforce that idea because I think that part of what goes on for us is that we give up our rights by not taking on the responsibility, and then we blame somebody else for the fact that we don't have them. Yeah, why, why is that somebody else upset? <laughs> yeah, why is that someone else upset? Why is the IRS coming after me, uh, even though I haven't you know, paid my taxes? Uh, and how much I'm, <laughs> I'm being oppressed by all these external forces that are, and I haven't taken care of business. That is so incredibly true. And also, doesn't that happen with parents? You know, with when one parent does all the parenting and the other one just wants to float in uh, on a holiday or on the weekend and just kind of have the children just be right there with them. Well, in a way, you're losing your right uh, to discipline that child because you haven't uh, developed any trust with them. And that child is not going to respond very well to what you're doing. They might rebel. They might not like it. Or you may lose the respect of that child if you don't speak up uh, with a, uh, um, your, your spouse who is being oppressive to you. That child may not value what you have to say. So we also lose our rights in those ways by not being responsible and not having people uh, interact with us. And well, they don't want to listen to us. Or we don't do our homework. We just toss out an idea. So I see we have a caller from California, and it is Helen. Helen, welcome to Inside Out. Hi. Hi. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to say other than I can relate to everything that's been said so far in terms of the millions of different ways that I've given away my freedom, you know, wearing clothes that aren't comfortable. Uh, I have been given away my freedom to a, a mean man in my past. Um, you know, let bosses manipulate me, escaped through addiction, food, uh, the irresponsibility, like James was saying. I mean, it's one of those let me count the ways. I love that, Helen. 
And how are you feeling about that now, putting it in this context? Well, it's sad. Mm. I don't know what else to say about it other than it's sad. Well, you know, it really is sad. And I, I don't know. I might be a little bit nuts today. But when I was talking about how hard people have fought for these freedoms, it's, it's like appalling how, how easily we give up our freedom. I, I think about, you know, talking about clothes, I, I'm so glad that the subject of clothes came up because I think about the teenage girl who is maybe the daughter of a wealthy family and maybe the father and mother were, grew up uh, living on dirt. You know, maybe they scraped by, maybe they had a horrible and horribly difficult childhood uh, and worked their asses off to become whatever they became in order to give their children something. And those children can't handle that for whatever reason, which we could or could not go into. And they throw it away on drugs. They throw away the life that they've been given through the hard work of their parents. Just like we throw away those hard-fought and hard-won freedoms of speech. By, or they're throwing it away by conforming, as James was talking about, by conforming to whatever is trendy. Including drugs. <laughs> Including drugs. It's kind of sad, as you say. So maybe we should take a moment to look at why we do this. I have, and what we can do about it. You know, I've talked a little bit about the fear that's behind it. What do you think was your fear, Helen? Well, I suppose abandonment of, you know, being judged and criticized. My dad was very critical. I don't know about my mom, whether... I guess she was, too. She was kind of a snob. Well, the thing that strikes me as you're sharing, and I'm going into that question of why do we do this, you know, it always seems to come back to the ego, doesn't it? The ego is always protecting us. And I think the fear of being thrown out of the tribe, which you're referring to, I mean, you're actually giving the example, mm-hmm. is so in our genes, in our DNA. Think about it, guys. Yep. When we were young, as, a, as the human race, we were in caves. We were in very threatening situations. You could not survive outside the tribe. Yeah. And... and that's a fact. And it's not just that, then, you know, look at, look at the deer. Look at the, uh, the wolves. The lone wolf is much more vulnerable than the one who's in the pack. We have built into us experience that if we are alone, we can be picked off by predators. We can be picked off by the other guys. Let's say we're in a war zone. And we're all by ourselves. We can get picked off really easily. Um, 
the lone woman who's out at night can be stopped and raped. It's reality. It's reality that we are safer in the pack, except when the pack is doing something self-destructive and stupid. (laughs) Then we're actually safer getting away from the pack. If your pack is a gang and your pack is uh, getting involved in, um, you know, in war, in the war zone with another gang, uh, yes, uh, there's some there's some safety in being in the pack, but there's a lot of danger in being with that pack because that pack is out there looking for trouble for whatever purpose it has of its own. And sometimes our survival is actually at stake and we do it anyway. But that old belief that if we're thrown out of the pack or we're not in the tribe, that we will die gets in the way of our common sense. So when I was young... I, how did I start drinking? I, I went on a date. A guy gave me a drink. I puked. Um, but I thought it was the thing I had to do in order to be accepted and to be part of society. I started smoking. I hated so I had to work at smoking because it made me so sick. So, in fact, I was endangering my life. But on the inside, the ego is saying, No, this is your only safety. Fit in with the crowd. It's amazing, the the whole thing with the ego, how it tricks us into thinking that it's trying to save our lives when it's really killing us. Yes. It just never ceases to amaze me, all the different examples. Wear those incredibly ridiculous high heels that (laughs) orthopedic surgeons are (laughs) ranting about the danger of, but you have to wear them because they make you sexy and you'll be attractive and the guys will like you. And if they don't, you're going to die. Right, because you're not going to have a man on your arm or at your side or any of those other things. It's true. Or people aren't going to pay you for your professional services if you're uh, not conforming to their expectations. That's absolutely true. Now, I, you know, you just made me think of something kind of ironic. There is a TV show. I, I don't know if it's still on or not, but it's called uh, Drop Dead Diva. And... Um, uh, James and I don't have TV, but we do have one of those uh, video uh, streaming video services. So we recently started it, uh, discovered the show, and I love the show. It's about uh, really it takes on a lot of social issues, and um, the the heroine is this plus sized uh, lawyer. There's a long story about how that came to be, but that's that isn't the important part. The important part is that. She is making a statement about heavy women being sexy, being desirable, uh, you know, and and that you don't have to be thin. But she walks around in these high-heeled shoes. So in a way, the message is a mixed message. On the one hand, she's telling you it's okay to be you if you happen to be a woman who has that kind of a body that wants to be heavier, that's okay and you're valuable and you should be accepted for who you are and she's still wearing these high-heeled shoes which is saying, 
oh, yeah, you can be just as sexy as the other one, but you have to do the same stupid things in order to be sexy. Well, yes, and in your job, you're expected to dress a certain way and act a certain way, and if you don't, watch out. And she wears the high-heeled shoes because that's what a woman lawyer is expected to wear, especially going to court, especially uh, trying to appeal to a jury, trying to appeal to the community values and what the community expects to see in a professional woman. And even though I- she's heavy... High heels make you look thinner because you look taller. So right. you're still trying to look good even though you're making a statement that you don't have to. That's right. That's the irony, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So what are we going to do about it, guys? Yeah, how do we... Uh, be real. Enable ourselves to be free. Yeah. And be courageous. Go ahead. I was just going to say, watch your video on being real. (laughs) Yes, Uh, I did just make a a video. It's on YouTube. Uh, Go ahead and go to BethGreen.org. And um, you'll see Beth Green uh, TV or Inside Out TV is is the... We have a channel called Beth Green TV. And Inside Out TV is one of the shows on the channel. And the last one is about, well, it's really talking about all the things that make it difficult to be real. And if you don't have compassion for yourself before you watch this video, you will have compassion for yourself by the time it's over 20 minutes later. Because I'm talking about why it's so darn hard to be real, which is, of course, the same thing as taking back our freedom, our freedom to speak. So we are going to go to another commercial break. And Helen, since you seem to be the only guest today, why don't you stay on the line? Okay. And uh, let's keep talking about what we can do about it. Great. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training. And discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. 
To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Well, welcome back to Inside Out. I don't know why we don't have more callers today, but we've got lots to talk about because I would like to invite Helen to come back on. And Helen, I have a feeling that Madame Zerka is in the wings here and she's ready to answer a question. Well, if for those of you who don't know who Madame Mazurka is, Madame Mazurka looks just like me with a scarf on her head. And uh, she's Transylvanian and she's dead. And I don't know what she has to say, but I'll open my mouth and we'll find out. I, can I say something? Yes. I uh, noticed that I was kind of having a reactivity earlier listening to your monologue uh, about our freedoms and so forth, and you were saying, I, maybe I sound like I'm on my bandwagon or soapbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if people are having some kind of reactivity to being challenged in that way and not having compassion for themselves at the moment. Um, I just wanted to put that out there in case any listeners were having that feeling and just encourage them to reach out and move through that. I'm so glad you're saying that, Helen, because I think that's probably true. And um, I, I, I don't know, you know, when, in situations like that, it's like, should I hold back or not? I think here it is. It's, it's the July 4th celebration, right, that we're talking about. And look at what those people went through. And I'm going to sit here and be afraid that people are going to turn off inside out and and turn me off, which they may have. They may not have even stayed on long enough to hear what you had to say. <laughs> exactly, but, but I think it's a perfect example. It is. It is a perfect example. I, f- I feel this is true, and I have to say it. <laughs> yeah. So th- yeah, whether or not it has a negative consequence. I mean, it's just like speaking up about someone making a racist comment. They may not like it. They may turn against you or whatever, but you know it's the right thing to do, and you have to do it anyway. But that's not what we're taught. No, it isn't. So you're speaking heresy. You know, you're, you're so darn right. Here we are speaking heresy in the land of the free and the home of the brave when we're telling people to act free and brave. I, and I don't mean act free and brave like throw a bomb that isn't the kind of freedom that we're talking about. We're talking about integrity. So anyway, Helen, do you have a question for Madame Mazurka, if she is still there? Madame Mazurka, are you there? I'm, of course I'm here, darling. I'm telling you I'm here. What do you want to know, Helen? Well, you know, I have no idea, but my I'm moving to a new home that's much more modest shall we say. Uh, And I have a feeling that my question is something about how I can enhance the feeling of freedom in my new home and not get caught up, I don't know, in ego. 
Uh, this is a wonderful question, darling. I think you are right on the money. Oh, good. And, uh, yes, yes this, this is very good. You didn't even know you had that question. No, I didn't even know I had that question until she mentioned your name. Well, this is what I'm going to ask you first. So what is it about having the fancy house that are so important to you? Having a fancy house? Yes. Your version of fancy. It doesn't have uh, to yeah, be fancy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And by the way, darling, as when we're talking, we actually have another brave soul who is calling in. Oh, but we good. will finish with you first. <laughs> okay. So what, what, what is it? to me is that somehow it makes me feel uh, like I have armor. Exactly. Darling is exactly the same thing. It's the makeup, it's the hair, it's the outfits, it's the house. The house is just a bigger version of you. Okay. And that people will see this and they will not see you. But in the new house, they uh, will only, uh, they will either judge you as what's wrong with her, that she's only living in this place. But what more important, of course, is that they are going to see you because they will not be so dazzled that they think they're in a museum. You know, <laughs> it's funny, too, because the last, like, two days, I have completely changed my thinking about how to have the inside painted, and I'm thinking of having it be, like, almost all the same color, very subdued, and that is not like me. This is exactly correct. This, okay. You're ready to be seen, darling. So I love you from okay, Madam Mazurka. I love you too. Thank you, Madam Mazurka. You're welcome. So I'm going to continue for a moment, Beth, because I see that Erica from San Diego is on the phone. Erica. Yes. Hey, good Hello afternoon. there. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Oh, thank you. You know, I... Uh, I heard your earlier comments, and like Helen, I think I had a reaction, and I was wondering what that reaction was, and I wanted to tie it back to something you helped me with last week, and that was the topic of courage. Yes. And connecting to the courage that it took of all our four, you know, all the people that came before us to fight for these rights, and that I have to admit that I have not stood for rights that have been fought, you know, fought for with lives. And it not only takes courage to just say, okay, you know, I have to call myself on it, I have to call myself on it in public, but I have to do it for others as well. But I have hidden from becoming an American citizen because I have not connected to that courage. In fact, I've been uh, afraid to connect to courage. Mm. That's fascinating. So I have, I have um, not even taken on the rights that I could have. Wow. The right, the right. Where into in my life, I only start math. Uh, I'm not hearing Erica clearly, uh, so I missed the last thing she said. But um, Erica, I don't know what's happening to your call. But what I, the last thing I, we did hear 
uh, and I'm a, I don't know if it's just me. Uh, it, it isn't just me. So I just want to say that Erica has made a brilliant uh, disclosure, uh, which is that she hasn't uh, applied for American citizenship and because she doesn't want to be associated with the courage. And that is quite an admission. And I'd like to say something about, I so appreciate the honesty of Helen and Erica in talking about their reactivity to what I was saying. I don't blame them. I can certainly understand somebody being out there and bristling and saying, what, what is she accusing me of? But, you know, we have to disclose these things about ourselves. And we do have to have the compassion. So I ask you to watch the video, which is about being real, but it's so similar to this. And then to say, how can we gather the courage in order to take our rights back? We need each other. You know, people who are using alcohol, for example, or drugs, or food, or gambling, or womanizing, or any other addictive behavior, in order to not confront their lives, they are surrendering their rights to these substances or these processes that are taking their lives away, and they need support. Because when you have other people with you, you don't need quite as much courage. I remember so well being in the anti-war movement, and at that time it was the anti-Vietnam War movement. (laughs) And um, I I was uh, at a demonstration once where I was standing at the front of the barricades. And those of you who don't know me, well, maybe you could see my picture, but you don't know what size I am. I'm five foot one, actually. And uh, I'm not very big in any way, and I'm not strong, and I've always been kind of weak. And so I'm with this group, and we're chanting, and we're demonstrating, and, you know, this cops are there on horseback, and it's scary, and, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, all with it. And then all of a sudden, uh, there was a change in the way that the police were treating us, and they were coming after us in an aggressive way. And I was literally at the barricade, you know, which is actually like a a wooden uh, horse kind of thing. And... um, I couldn't understand what was going on, but this policeman was threatening me, and I was trying to talk to him about the Vietnam War and why it really wasn't good for him and how he should be against it, too, or whatever it was that I believed at the time. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized that there was nobody else there, and he was threatening to beat me up. I, I was the only one. They, everyone else had taken off. <laughs> I mean, they literally, I turn around and there's no one there. They had gone in some other direction while I'm standing there having this conversation with a policeman and he's swinging that baton around and I was scared out of my mind. And just five minutes before, I had all that adrenaline from feeling protected by the pack. I can see it in the dogs. You know, one little dog is out there carrying on, and the other little dog goes out there too. You know, all of a sudden, they're all alone, and suddenly they're, they bark once and run the other way. We're not, I mean, there are dogs that will go in and fight, but I, I saw that. I saw that with the dogs, and it's true for us. So the courage... So much, Erica, comes from the connection that we feel. And there is, um, you know, there's a song by Joan, that Joan Baez used to sing. I don't know who wrote that song. It may have been her. Joan Baez, for those of you who are too young, 
was a singer who uh, she still is. She she still uh, has very strong political and social beliefs, and she will stand up for them. And uh, she always has. And she was an icon of the movement when I was there. And she used to sing this song, Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Keep on a-walking, keep on a-talking, gonna build a brand new world. And that's it. We have a new world that we have to build, guys. Our forefathers, they sacrificed and fought to give us political rights, some of which we still throw away. Oh, I don't want to vote differently from my dad. (laughs) Or I just, oh, I'm not going to bother. Or I'm not going to speak up. But that was only one level of rights. We may have been born with these political rights, those of us who live in countries where we have the franchise, we have the vote. But there's another level of freedom that we still have to fight for, and that's on the inside. And some of us are still fighting for those other rights, but we have to fight for the rights on the inside. We have to fight to speak. We have to fight to, to say no to drugs. We have to fight to not go along with things that are hurtful to us and others. We have to fight our own sense of self-preservation in order to save ourselves. And that's the responsibility of us and our generation. James? Well said. Okay, I'd like to announce next week's show, which is on intimacy. Actually, it's intimacy or admiration and security. Which do we really want? Many of us say we want intimacy, but do we? Intimacy is is being totally honest and transparent about ourselves, our feelings, thoughts, and agendas, and having our partner be the same. And that includes our feelings toward each other. Do we want that much truth? Do our partners? If we don't really want intimacy, what are we seeking from relationships? This episode of Inside Out will confront the question, Do we really want intimacy? Or are we craving admiration and security? Do we want someone to know us? Or are we really trying to get someone to think we're fabulous so they'll never leave us? Let's have a good laugh at ourselves and how much we kid ourselves about our desire for intimacy. But let's also acknowledge the cost of hiding and ask host Beth Green to help us embrace the true value of intimacy and overcome our discomfort with it. So tune in, call in live, or join our weekly post-show forum via phone or internet, where you get to join the conversation whenever you can. And now, a final word from Beth. Thanks so much, James. You know, isn't this conversation about intimacy versus admiration really on the same topic? Are we going to give ourselves the right to be close, the right to speak the truth about where we're at, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's painful, even if it threatens our relationship? So come back next week. And join us for Inside Out, and happy 4th of July. And remember what independence really is, is independence from fear. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.